你是哪先生呢？好 fans of Shukfustan, and welcome to day 12 coverage of the Beijing 2022 Olympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host Allison Brown. Allison, ni hao, how are you? Welcome to the magical hour of vacuuming. <laughs> Thank you, ni hao. I am feeling so sparkly and so spinny this morning, <laughs> and I am ready to talk figure skating and a very wild day. Yeah, yeah, I will say that it's been a day. I went out to Big Air to catch the. I wanted to catch all of it. It's the last day of Big Air competition, but it's it's. I left my hotel at nine forty and didn't even stop in the media center, and I got there at like eleven thirty. So I missed the women's, and I got to the men's. It's it's an like, it's an hour bus ride, from the media center to this venue, and it's still in Beijing. That's how big Beijing is, so. It's really cool. We'll we'll talk about that later. So it was just big air and figure skating for me today. So I I am kind of curious to know what else happened in the world of the Olympics. We have results and reports. Excellent. Quick follow up file. I forgot to tell you when my when I talked about the medal ceremony yesterday. There is a fan on mounted on a, a big setup. I don't know what you want to call it. But it, it's like it's not quite risers or something. But there's a a thing in the back, and there's a fan that is blowing kind of on all the flags. I don't know how effective it was, but it was there, and I noticed it. That's all I have to say. Fan gate continues. <laughs> I think so. Well, it's really a fan novella. We don't do gates here. We do novellas. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Let's. Uh, Let us talk about what officiating or volunteer job we would want to do. What are you up to today? So Nordic Combine started today. This is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups of winter sports because two <laughs> great sports that taste better together, and the ski jumping and cross country skiing. And I want to be the driver who takes the athletes from the ski jump to the cross country course. Did you see them get into cars or a bus or something, or how did this work? So it looked like because there were buses by the athletes, and they sort of showed quick glances in between of them being transported. I think it looks like the worst field trip of all time because <laughs> you know it's super tense in that bus. Maybe some people are talking, maybe some people aren't. But the driver is probably sitting there going, "Let's sing the wheels on the bus." No, the driver is behind plexiglass. They're not talking he, to you. He can still sing. I know you're not supposed to sing and talk, but if I was the driver, we'd be doing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. We'd be doing the wheels on the bus. We have to work on your closed loop behavior before you get here and get yourself kicked out. They cannot stop me from singing. I I found a job I did not know existed. This was very exciting. This is in big air, and between the runs, a pair went out to check the course of round where the blue lines are painted. There's blue lines painted on the hill at the bottom to help the jumpers see where to land, and so there was a guy on skis checking out the lines, and then there was a guy standing further up the hill from him, not super far up, 
but he had two yellow flags and he was holding them in a cross so that the people on the top could see that they were that they could not jump. I want to be the yet person again. with the flags. So yet again, our personalities come through in our jobs. You like flags, clipboards, stopwatches. I like singing with people on a bus. <laughs> okay, how is our fantasy league doing? So Raf Q is starting to pull away at 262. Sholastan is 255, very closely followed by Monkey Cat at 254. I have slipped to 18th. I had a little bit of a rough day. And Jill, you are at 48. Yeah, I guess I felt, I guess I had a rough day too. I, I never remember if I, I picked a team. I think I picked a team, but I can't remember. Most importantly, I'm beating my sister. <laughs> All right. Big day of action. Let's get right to it. Uh, first up, alpine skiing, the women's downhill. Gold went to Corrine Sutter from Switzerland. Silver went to Sofia Goja from Italy, and bronze went to Nadia Delgado, Nadia Delago from Italy. So, did you see any of this? I did watch this. It was okay. a really great race. Before Kryn Suter came down, the Italians were one, two, three, and they showed a shot of the Italian coach, and he was like, "Shut it down! Shut it down now!" So that the Italian <laughs> wanted the race to end, so that the Italians would sweep. It was such an Italian move, but Sofia Goja is the defending gold medalist, and she had a heck of an accident in Cortina in January. And this is her first competition since a pretty serious injury to her knee. We did not expect to see her competing in Beijing, and here she is back on the medal stand. So it was it was quite a, a win for her, though she was disappointed not to repeat, but just the fact that she was there and, and in the mix at all was a triumph for her. We talked about the Italians with Tom Kelly and here they are just making the march down the mountain. That is, it's very exciting. And, you know, January is not that long ago. To come back from that within a month, that is impressive. And Michaela Schifrin, who doesn't normally do downhill, did this race. She finished 18th and she was pretty thrilled with her time. So it, it, it's not her specialty. She's more of a slalom skier. And it feels like just doing this race, making it down the mountain, and doing well in terms of time was a, a triumph for her as well. Excellent. Moving over to biathlon, the men had their relay today. Gold went to Norway, silver went to France, and bronze went to ROC. This is not a huge surprise of a podium for me. I did not see the race but i'm i'm really not shocked i'm a little surprised sweden isn't further up there also surprising in a nice way canada took sixth place which is excellent their best ever finish and the u.s finished 13th which is not bad for them yeah it feels like all the men's biathlon podiums have been some combination of norway france and roc <laughs> yeah yeah it pretty much is that sweden surprisingly the the only swedish biathlete who's done well it has been elvira oberg this time around her sister hannah who was a gold medalist a surprise gold medalist in pyeongchang has been just a non-factor here this time around it's really surprising she will be they both will be in the relay they're on the swedish relay team so we will see them both tomorrow yes and i'm hopefully going to get out to the mountains to watch that one as well Moving over to bobsled, the two-man competition finished up today. 
Germany swept the podium. The Germans know how to slide down a hill. That they do. Gold went to Francesco Friedrich and Torsten Margus. Silver went to Johannes Lochner and Florian Bauer. And bronze went to Christoph Hoffer and Matthias Sommer. Impressive. It's, it's really super impressive. You, sometimes you get an Austria in the mix or another country in the mix. Just Germany's crushing it this year. Let's take a quick break to talk about our Red Envelope campaign. As you've heard, this show costs money to produce. And yes, you've been extremely generous in supporting us through various campaigns we've had, especially the one to get us to Beijing. We have patrons who are very generous year-round. But we are going to come up on a slow season for the podcast. It's two and a half years till another Olympics. So to celebrate the Lunar 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 New Year, we're asking for donations of at least $8 to help us get through to Paris 2024. We're hoping to cover our operating expenses at least so that we can work on ways to boost our income in other ways and provide better listening experience for you. So go to flamealivepod.com slash support to donate. I want to mention that you are meeting a lot of interesting people while you are there. So during our down season, we're going to have some pretty cool shows coming up. I hope so. We're so. going to have, I think, a pretty exciting two and a half years in between. So thank you to everyone who has supported us and thank you to the people in advance. Thank you very much. And I'm just, I have to say, so the vacuuming started yesterday and then it stopped and they swept and they like used a broom. We have carpet in here and they used a broom and a dustpan to sweep up stuff. And the vacuum is back out today. And I don't understand the pattern of vacuum versus non-vacuum yet. And I don't know if I want to try. I don't know if my brain needs to go there. I just had to say that because it's really loud today. It is really loud well, speaking of sweeping, yes, let's look at the curling tournament. Men had a couple of sessions in their round robin. First off was ROC and Norway faced off. Norway won 12 to 5. Canada beat China 10 to 8. USA beat Switzerland 7 to 4. Sweden beat Denmark 8 to 3. And then in the next section, it was holy cow, Great Britain beat Sweden 7 to 6. Italy beat the USA 10 to 4. Norway beat China beat Norway 8 to 6 and ROC beat Canada 7 to 6. What happened in session 10? All of the favorites fell in that session. I don't know what was going on cuz I've seen bits of the Italy USA and a bit of the Britain Sweden but I haven't watched the entire matches yet so something was in the air over at the ice cube in that session where all the favorites went down. Wow, that is something. But it shakes out that now the standings are Sweden is 7-1. and one. Everybody has lost a game at this point. Great Britain is 6-1. and one. Canada is 5-3. and three. USA and ROC are 4-4. Four and four. Switzerland is 3-4. and four. Norway and China are 3-5. and five. Italy is 2-5. and five. And Denmark is 1-6. and six. For the women, they had uh, one session today. ROC beat China 11 to 5. Sweden beat Denmark 9 to 3. US Switzerland beat USA 9 to 6. And Great Britain beat Japan 10 to 4. That means the standings on the women's side are Switzerland is 6 and 1. Sweden is 5 and 2. 
USA and Japan, Great Britain, Korea, they're all four and three. Canada is three and three. Denmark and China are two and five. And ROC is one and six. So it's still anybody's game to make it to the medal rounds and both the men and the women. There's a lot in that middle ground that can go up or down. So this is turning out to be a pretty unpredictable tournament. Fingers crossed. Come on, Team Schuster. You can get in. You can get in. Okay, figure skating time. <laughs> All right, we had the, the women's short program. And you have thoughts. I have thoughts. The ladies brought the crazy. <laughs> they did not bring me a Malaguena, but they did bring me a Halloween and a Christmas-themed program, which was great. We had a lot of the usual suspects. We had the Four Seasons. We had some tango. Big gladiator. We had gladiator. A lot of typical music, Claire de Lune. But some of it was just wild. And what really surprised me was in the early sessions, which are the lower ranked skaters, there was some beautiful skating in groups oh, one and two. There really was. And I, I'm guessing it's just they didn't have the speed. They didn't necessarily have the same kind of programs. But there, the jumps, uh, there was... weren't as, the jumps weren't as difficult, but some really beautiful spins and footwork going on. Yes, I quite, I quite liked it. The Christmas program was right away. That was Anastasia Shabatova from Ukraine. And that kind of threw me off. I do like Carol of the Bells a lot. I cannot really imagine doing a program to it and having to hear it a lot a lot on repeat we saw that program in the team competition and i still liked it i still enjoyed it <laughs> who wait who was the halloween was that just the spooky funhouse music i didn't think that was yes. halloween well she had on a black and purple dress that really looked like a witch costume oh I did not get that from where I was sitting up in the nosebleeds. That that was wacky. I will say that. And then Manakaiwabi skated to, eventually it became Vivaldi's Four Seasons, but the whole first two-thirds was just wind sounds. Yeah, that was, then, that was wild. And then at the end, she scooped up some snow from the ice and threw it into the air. I guess that was winter in the Four Seasons mm -hmm. of Vivaldi. It, it was winter. Yes, but that was, I, I really liked that program. I thought that was, it was gutsy to do that kind of music. And I thought she did a lovely job. Did you have a favorite dress? Because I had a favorite dress. I know your favorite. I think the dress that wowed me the most, I don't know if it would be my favorite. It was Ava Lata Kivas who did a Bayana by Barbatooks. And she wore, I thought it was going to be it, it looked like a mod dress. It was like color blocked in a funky way. Very short mod. I wanted her to have go-go skates on. And then the music was just kind of crazy. And it wasn't quite the go-go thing I thought it was going to be. But it, I, I just loved it. I didn't necessarily I love how she did it. Because I don't think she quite loved her program as much as I did. As I loved that music. But I, I, I mean like... That was along the lines of Ashley Wagner in like 2014, where she did this. It was like Chin Chin, 
Oh, something. Hip Hip Chin Chin. Yeah, Hip Hip Chin Chin. I loved that program. So Yes, I made a note of, of Avalada's dress as well. I called it the Mondrian dress. Yes, that would be a great... Because it was totally sequins. Yes. It was That's something. And yours? My, my favorite dress was Mariah Bell. It was a midnight blue velvet with just a little beading on the collar. It was totally different. It reminded me something that Sasha Cohen would have worn back mm. in the day. Mm-hmm. And right now, the fashion seems to be a lot of Swarovski crystals, a lot of scarf material. Yes. A lot of rags wrapped around your body <laughs> in unusual shapes and lengths, where her dress was very classic, very clean looking. Too bad her program wasn't clean looking. That was a shame because she obviously loved her program and loved and doing it. Was it. Beautiful. It was. Adam Rippin does choreography for her and is one of her coaches. It's just a gorgeous program with so many little details. And she just, you could tell how much she loved doing it. And then she fell, stumbled. She fell on the second half of her combination. Yeah, which was just, oh, it was so sad. Did you have a favorite program overall? No. I will put it like that. I have many ideas that I like. I have, I know you, you don't play the doping sound on me. Camelia Valieva is a gorgeous, beautiful skater. And she just puts so much feeling into her skating. And for being as young as she is to be able to do that because uh, Alyssa Liu is about her age and Alyssa's not like, she needs another year or two to get that artistry that she needs to have. But Valier is just a beautiful, gorgeous skater. I wish she didn't have the cloud of doping hanging around her and all of the unknowns of what she really skates like with that. I did also love, I was very happy to see the emergence or the reemergence of Japanese skaters and Korean figure skaters. This, I was so happy about that. So my favorite was Wakaba Iguchi. We saw her in the team competition. Elton John clearly is having a moment this Olympics. She skated to an Ellie Gould version of an Elton John song. And, you know, you talked in the ice dancing competition about the skater enjoyment factor. Mm -hmm. She was smiling before she even started. She loves this program and it fits her style so beautifully, really showcases all the things that make her skating so beautiful. If you want to see what I consider a perfect short program, Hibuchi is the, the one to watch. I love everything about it. Beautiful spins, beautiful edges, nice, clean, sharp jump. Just really, really lovely. And she ended up in, let's see, fifth place, I think, and absolutely deserved. And I'm so glad she's going to be in that final group. I also like Yelim Kim from Korea. Just when, when she came on, I was like, oh, we are back, Korea. Korea is back. And she was just beautiful and light and just gorgeous to watch. I also made a mistake. This I was really looking forward to Ekaterina Kurakova from Poland. And she's just a lovely skater and had a, a big mistake in her program, unfortunately. But I do love watching her as well. Yeah, both Korean skaters were just lovely. And they are, you know, the daughters of Yuna Kim in the sense of 
they skate like her in that very light, airy, beautiful style. And it's wonderful to see the Korean skaters come back and that generation growing up watching Yuna Kim. And now they had Pyeongchang and they're really starting to emerge or reemerge on that world stage. And Young Yu will be in the final group. And then the other Japanese skater, Kiari Sakamoto. Oh, oh she's delicious. beautiful. Delicious. It was a lovely way to end the night because that final group had the top three skaters from the ROC. And all of them have a little gray cloud around them because of what's going on with Camila Valieva. And none of them skated. I mean, none of them skated clean. They all had little mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And and yes, Valieva stumbled. Shervakova, didn't she fall? No, uh, Trusova fell. Oh, Trusova fell. Okay. Valieva stumbled. Trusova fell. And I can't remember what the problem was. Sherbakova stumbled as well. Okay. Yeah. So none of them skated cleanly. But then you ended the night with this beautiful program from Kiori Sakamoto. And it was just, and she loved it too. Oh, she loved her program so much. It was gorgeous. So that was a nice way to end it. The crowd was way behind the Russians. I thought so on the television. And I was wondering if that's because so many of the Russian athletes showed up. Because it looked like there were a lot of people, when they panned the crowd, wearing the Russian uh, uniforms. So I'm wondering if a lot of the ROC team came to support her because of the controversy. That could be. There were a lot of people from ROC in the crowd. There were also a lot of outside spectators cheering very loudly for ROC. So... I think there's, it could be an East-West kind of thing or a Cold War kind of issue, but there definitely was a lot of support for those people. I wonder how, and I don't know if you've been able to see this because obviously you don't speak Chinese, how the doping controversy is getting played in the Chinese press. Is it getting played as the Western authorities are coming after the Russian athletes and trying to keep them down. So that's why the Chinese fans would say, oh no, this is a beautiful skater. And she is a beautiful skater and and she is incredibly talented. So if it's presented to you as the IOC and and Western Westerners are trying to keep her from winning her rightly deserved medal, you're going to support this very young girl as she's struggling. And she was clearly struggling emotionally on the ice. She was nervous. She looked nervous in a way that she doesn't normally. She was emotional coming off the ice more so than normally. So she's, she's going through it right now, clearly. And it was interesting to see her stumble because in the, her last little warm up while they're waiting for the scores for the skater before her nailed jumps. She did several jumps that she just nailed. And then to come out and within the actual program and and make a big mistake you could tell that just shook her she's not used to that and she stumbled in the long program of the team event as well so and that was before all of this came out so the pressure is gee 
The pressure's a lot for a 15-year-old to handle, even without the doping scandal. Just a a quick note, I I found it a little ironic that Karen Chen used music from Requiem for a Dream in her program. That's an unfortunate choice. But I I do love that music. I, I did like her program a lot. She didn't do great, but I liked her program. I think, and I thought of this later, we need to do skating music bingo. (laughs) because there are so many things that you know you're going to hear. But for me, apparently in this Olympics, my holy grail is Malaguena. I have not heard it once. I'm a little heartbroken. Maybe it's taken the year off. It's gone out of favor. But just like the broken leg sixth bin, the broken leg sits bin has come back, Malaguena will have its moment. Well, I'm I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) You can't stop me from singing. Let's move on to free. Oh, wait. well, hold on. Hold on. So the standings currently are Camila Valieva from ROC in first, followed by Anna Sherbakova from ROC, then Kaori Sakamoto from Japan, Alexandra Trusova from ROC, Wakabi, Wakaba Higuchi from Japan, and Young Yu from Korea. Moving over to freestyle skiing. We had some slope style was scheduled for today, but the finals are going to be rescheduled for tomorrow. They did do runs one and two. The leaders after those runs are Andre Vergetli from Switzerland, Birk Rood from Norway, Nicholas Gepper from USA, Jesper Jesper Tjader from Swi- Sweden, Jesper Tjader from Sweden, and Alexander Hall from USA. The women's slope style free ski had its final runs today. Gold went to Matilda Grimaud from Switzerland. Silver went to Eileen Gu from China. And bronze went to Kelly Sildaru from Estonia. Estonia's on the medal table now. No, I know. And this is Eileen Gu's second out of, I believe, three events. And she is medal in both. So very excited for the, the hometown crowd will be very excited about that. They were throwing down some wild tricks in this run. Were they? The conditions seemed to be a little better than the first time out with free ski. So that was that was helpful. But yeah, there was flipping and twisting. And it, some, it, there weren't a ton of clean runs because they were going for just enormous tricks. But at, in one run, Grimaud's binding snapped. And it's been reported it's because it was so cold. Oh, that does not shock me. Because I have a microphone here with a shock mount and the rubber bands that hold it together, they all snapped. Right, because with the equipment, they're always going to go for uh, lightweight and flexibility over durability Mm -hmm. at this level. So, and it is not designed to be at negative 427 (laughs) Kelvin. Oh, yeah. So were there any garage sales at the Slope Style? There were some garage sales. (laughs) Still one of my favorite terms. (laughs) So who told us that term? That was Devin Logan and Bradley Wilson. Yes. So when when somebody crashes and everything goes everywhere, it's a garage sale. (laughs) The men's aerials competition had its first qualifying runs. Leaders after those are Alexander Okpiniak from Ukraine, Pyrman Werner from Switzerland, 
Ilya Burov from ROC, Stanislav Nikitin from ROC, and Justin Schoenfeld from USA. So how hard is it for you to say Pyramid with a different last name? Then again. It's very hard, but I was very excited to see somebody named Pierman. It's a lovely name. Let's move over to hockey. The men had its playoffs qualifications. Slovakia beat Germany 4-0. Denmark beat Latvia 3-2. Switzerland beat Czech Republic 4-2. And Canada beat China 7-2. So, A, the fact that Canada has to get into the playoff qualification or or the fact that Canada had to be in the playoff qualifications was a like eye opener, I would say, for me for for the world, probably, probably for Canada too. I was gonna say this is a slap to Canada's national pride. And I don't say that sarcastically. I say that quite literally. But I think this comes from the fact that at the last minute the NHL players were pulled from the tournament and they and Canada and the US and several other countries but certainly the US and Canada were most affected had to cobble together a team out of you know junior level college players AHL players and they haven't played together yeah and that makes a big difference i was when i walked into the media center tonight the game was still going on and it was 5 to 2 Canada and they ended up scoring two goals in the last five minutes. I was shocked that the point differential was as small as it was until the end of the game. But, I mean, seven goals is nothing to uh, snark about. But it, it was very surprising that they were a lot closer for a while. So earlier in the tournament, you were concerned about the Chinese goaltender just being exhausted. Mm-hmm. And yet he seems to have made it through the tournament and, and saved face here. I mean, there was no really embarrassing scores. So the Chinese team held up surprisingly in this tournament. Well, I do think they were helped by the fact that the NHL pulled out. Because if they had oh. pro players, that would have been a totally different story. Agreed. So for the men, the quarterfinals will be USA versus Slovakia, ROC versus Denmark, Finland versus Switzerland, and Sweden versus Canada. And tomorrow will be the women's bronze medal match, Finland versus Switzerland. Okay, moving over to Nordic Combined. You have obviously watched this because you have a job from there. What can you tell me? This, so two long events, you know, you've got ski jumping, you've got a 10 kilometer cross country. The medals were decided by less than a second. Wow. Wow. Between the silver and gold was less than half a second. You don't expect these races to be quite this close. You know, the, even in just cross country, you don't expect it to be these uh, races to the finish. But this was a here comes Diggins kind of race. It was great. Nice. So uh, gold went to Jurgen Grabach from Norway. Silver went to Jens Luras Oftebrow from Norway. Bronze went to Akito Watabe from Japan. Yeah, and you don't expect to see uh, a Japanese athlete in a cross-country race, but they are so good at ski jump that they now are making this push into Nordic combined, which makes sense. Very cool to see. Moving over to snowboard, it was big air day. Women's snowboard, uh, 
gold went to Anna Gasser from Austria. This is her third Olympics, and she is the defending gold medalist in this event. She was quite surprised to get it, she said, and did not. She she wasn't really concerned about points or anything. She just wanted to lay down good tricks. And that seemed to be like the theme of the day. It's just like, oh, let's see what we can do here. And whatever the points fall, wherever they fall, they're going to fall. And I think we're seeing that a lot in snowboard overall. We're seeing the camaraderie. We're seeing the the love of sport in a way that we don't see in a lot of other events. I mean, we saw it earlier with the women and um, Zoe Sadowski Sinnott won the bronze from New Zealand. How excited they all were when she won the gold and they all, you know, puppy piled on her. And Anna Gasser is kind of the grand old dom. She's, I think, 31 or 32. And in this sport, that's a grandma. Right. And But she said she feels really young in the sport because she picked it up when she was 18 which is just incredibly old to pick up snowboard, but she's just made it her own and just lays down huge tricks. So she walks away with another gold. Uh, Zoe sadowski Sinet from New Zealand wins silver. So two medals for her. This is great for New Zealand. Go silver ferns. And bronze went to Kokomo Murase from Japan. In the men's big air, this was a competition, man. So I got to say, that venue is so cool. The big air competition is so cool to watch. I am happy with the results on one level because that is a permanent venue. It is all concrete, man. So I want people here in China to get inspired and pick it up. And they have lots of big air and aerial competitions right there because that thing needs to get used. But it's also on the grounds. I mean, you see all the the shots and it looks very industrial because it was an old steel factory. But the whole industrial area has been kind of revitalized a bit. And it's kind of office parky in a way, but more different office. The I, I was listening to some people on the bus talk and I guess the organizing committee had their offices there. In this area, there's a, a National Winter Sports Training Institute there. So there's a lot of sports stuff going on. But I've heard there's also movie movie studios and sound stages there, too. So there's there's a whole lot of stuff going on. But you still get this. You have, like, office buildings. And then you have this industrial feel as well on top of it. And it's just kind of funky and fun. And it's a perfect environment for a sport like Big Air. So the men were laying down huge tricks, some wipeouts. Mark McMorris was going big. And his his last jump, oh, man, he just couldn't hang on, just couldn't land it. But he had gotten nine meters up in the air. And he spun 326 times. Yeah, I know. He just, it was so high. And it was, that was just amazing. So he ended up finishing 10th, and he was really pushing for a gold medal. Gold did go to Su Yiming from China. Silver went to Mons Roisland from Norway. And bronze went to Max Perot from Canada. So this was big revenge for the judging controversy. Right. So China did win the gold. And it makes this sport makes sense to be popular in China because they do have such a history of diving and gymnastics. Mm -hmm. 
this feeds into those same skills. So I would expect them to do well in it now that they are developing this program. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if they just started dominating at some point soon. The Canadian drum was in, in out in full force, and the chef de mission was banging away for the Canadians, so that was nice. A uh, little side note, Red Gerard, who's from the USA, finished fifth. He was the first gold medal winner from Pyeongchang. He's been shut out here in his different events. Moving over to speed skating, it was Team Pursuit Day on the long track. So we had both men's and women's pursuit. For the women, gold went to Canada, silver went to Japan, and bronze went to the Netherlands. For the men, gold went to Norway, silver went to ROC, and bronze went to USA. And producer Brian said that Sven Kramer missed his 10th Olympic medal and his chance to be the only his chance to be only the second Olympian to win bronze in the same sport event and discipline four times. Sven Krama has disappointed us. Apparently so. So that means that Robert Dover from the USA and team dressage in equestrian remains the only one to have accomplished this feat. Sven Krama. I do not find this acceptable. Would imagine that this is going to be on replay for me, I because I, I did not get to see this live, but I do like the pursuit, so I'm hoping to be able to see it here. So if you haven't seen Pursuit and you are confused, that's okay. I have been watching so much Pursuit, and I, I understand it's whoever has the fastest time, but it confuses me. And no matter how many times I read how this works and how the strategy works and who's in front and do you swap and do you keep it the same? It still doesn't make sense to me. I can't wrap my head around it. Well, those are the finer details, but it's basically you start on opposite ends of the track and you're chasing each other. So you either get time because you both finished the race or one team catches up to the other. I mean, like I said, I get the, I get the basics that it's who's ever fastest, but there's, there's so much going on and I, I don't like the split screen. I, I don't like them not being together. I think I would enjoy this a lot more in person. You might, you know, the starter was interesting because the starter for this race, instead of being on the side of the track is in the center of the track. There's a staircase there and the starter has sight lines of both teams kind of in a, so they're looking kind of in a V towards the two sides and that's how they start this race Sven Kama disappointment well what's going on with our team keep the flame alive in Schuklestan so as we mentioned team Schuster and men's curling split their two matches today they I believe have another session off so we will see how that goes but tomorrow our biathlete Claire Egan will be back in the relay Yes, and I'm hopefully going to get out to the mountains to see her. Very excited about that. We would like to thank today's location scouts, Robin Mordfin and Brittany Cook. And we'd also like to say thank you to our mascot of the week, who is Millie, our beautiful puppy. So where, Mer- where Millie lives, there is a lot of snow, as there was in Beijing. And she has a set of little red snow booties to protect her little puppy feet. <laughs> And we actually have some video of her in the snow, and we'll be posting that on our social medias today and tomorrow. 
Because there's nothing cuter than puppies who are trying to understand snow and how to navigate it. The only thing cuter is when they are trying to understand snow when they're wearing little booties. <laughs> All right, that will do it for this episode. Tune in again tomorrow for another day of competition from Beijing. And celebrate the games with us on our Keep the Flame Alive Facebook group. It's the place to hang out with us and other listeners. Jill is on Twitter and I am on Insta. Both are at Flame Alive Pod. You can also email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. We will catch you back here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep the flame alive.